Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Oh, yeah, consistently pretty good. Yeah, yeah, well, you were choking minutes ago. Uh, I'm not choking anymore. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) You should have heard him. It was great. Well, the gag. I'm going to do the show like this. (sighs) I'm not going to do the I'm going to do the show. That's all there is to it. The producer cracked the whip, and here I am. I'm mean. You are. Hey, hey, this is the bro show. We're two brothers talking about four things. I'm Jerry. I'm John. We're very excited to do the show today. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Okay, so, hey. Ah, What shirt are you wearing? I'm actually, I I pulled this shirt out of the background. I didn't even know I had it. I forgot completely about it. It's the shirt. It's, I call it the aviator, aviator cap shirt. The one oh. with the picture that we took out on on North Avenue oh, yeah. Beach. Oh, yeah. That's a Yeah, shirt. so it, it's yeah. one of my favorite. And then you, what you did is you put it in an illustration form, and it's slapped on yeah. my chest. Yep. And now I can go around and point at it and say, that's me on this shirt, and feel like an idiot. <clears throat> Well, we've got so many other reasons for us to individually and together feel like idiots that I don't think that even comes close to the top. Yeah, you're right. That's weak. Weak tea. Weak tea. We could do a lot better than that. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Hey, speaking of T-shirts, uh, you know, our sponsor this week is Support Our Musicians T-shirt. It's a pretty cool T-shirt. And it's hosted on Bonfire. All the proceeds go to Music Cares to help musicians recover from the gig apocalypse that they just went through with the yeah. COVID-19 outbreak. And just so, starting to break out of yeah. it. Yep. I'm wearing this T-shirt. I'm not wearing the one you see in the show notes. I'm wearing the gray one. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And if you, that's a good you one. You like gray. You like yeah. gray. Yeah. So I'm wearing that one. It's pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a Saturday. We're doing the show. The weather's great. Spring has sprung. Uh, you know, June's right around the corner, Father's Day, uh, summer, you know. I'm pretty excited. I mean, we, I, we I'm sk- sure We skip spring excited. here. It's the tropical heat wave. We're about 15 degrees warmer than usual, so. Wow. Yeah, we 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 just skipped over spring. We don't need that. You know what they say in Rochester, New York? I got a buddy from there. He says, yeah, yeah, we have spring. It's on June 12th. Yeah, that's about <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. That's yeah. it, one day. <clears throat> Uh-huh. That's the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes you get one, yep. sometimes you don't. We have two seasons here. We don't have four. You yeah. guys have four. You guys have four seasons, usually. Sounds like you have three this year. Yeah. Wow. Okay, hey, uh, uh, do you have anything for us? On, I think I have something for us on an ox story, don't I? Yeah, you picked this ox story, and you picked the winner. There's no doubt about it. It's uh, ox vile, and... Uh, yeah. Actually, I was kind of intrigued. I think it's uh, you. You know all the medical side of it, but looking at its origin, it's it's ox is kind of the origin. It's uh, but actually, it's a cattle that are uh, the bile comes from, and it provides us with a very important supplement that yeah. can be needed under the circum certain circumstances. So perhaps you could delve into yeah. those circumstances. Well, you know, it is it is the season of the ox on the road yeah. show this year, and it corresponds with the year of the ox uh, with the Chinese calendar. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, in Chinese mythology, the ox is, is a big deal, uh, just like the rat and monkey and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, in this case, the ox uh, bile provides a supplement for people whose liver or gallbladder is not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. And bile is used to break down fats and various things in the digestive process. The gallbladder holds it. If you want an analogy, you know, just like the kidneys produce urine and the bladder holds it and regulates its excretion from the body, similar thing happens with liver and the gallbladder. Liver makes the bile, gallbladder holds it till you need it, squirts it into the small intestine, and you're off to the races. You're digesting. Yes. So this is a medical story about the ox. We've covered a lot of different kinds of stories about the ox, but this one, this is an ox improving the quality of life for millions of people for thousands of years, and I think it's great. I think they have they have really provided a significant contribution to our health, these wonderful so animals. I think so, too. And, you know, they did such a good job in the beginning of, of, of civilization that what happened was, even though a lot of ox bile is not really from an ox, it's from some other bovine creature, they still call it ox bile. Yeah. You know, well, it's it's, it's tip of the regulated. Hat, tip of the it's a health department, you know, making sure. So you're going to find that these are cows that have been, you know, checked and made sure that they're yeah. proper health, et cetera. Yeah. So it's a more, we, you know, with the way things run now, you need to kind of take those, those precautions. And uh, yeah. I was reading there's actually, so... It could be ox bile. One of them that I read about, and I have trouble saying it quite often, bear bile. <laughs> that is a hard one to say. <laughs> yeah, I want to say beer bile, and by but oh, I I just didn't I oh well bear bile. Yeah, so bear bile. Digestively, bears are not that different than us. Oh, good. Yeah, oh. they're omnivores like us. <laughs> you know, they have many of the same problems that we have. If uh, if they eat a lot of donuts, which they do these days because they really like donuts from the trash, uh, mm. they develop tooth problems. They get cranky the same way we get cranky. But, you know, a cranky bear is a lot worse than a cranky John, let's say. Oh, dear. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Mm. Also, bear fat is a big deal, too. That's useful. Well, uh, we, we, we did the bear a couple oh, was a couple months ago. Bears. No, forget the bears. Forget the bears. The bears. Forget the bears. Ox. Ox. Hey, how about a word? I've got a word. It's called knit, N-I-T. We like short words, especially. Yes. Now everybody thinks they know what this means, right? Well, particularly if you have children, you're very familiar with it because knit is actually a louse or knits would be lease. uh, uh, Egg. Lease. Egg. And it's the egg. It's the larva, the parasite that resides on your skin and your skin uh, in your hair. Your yeah. Will, uh, so as a result, a person, they're very small and they're hard to see. So yeah. uh, you have to be really uh, detail-minded and good uh-huh. eyesight in order to see these. So it starts with this little parasite animal. But what's happened is that that word, like many words, has uh, developed into other meanings and so from there, it goes with minor shortcomings, and from there, it goes to insignificant writing errors. So uh, 
nitpicker. You've heard that before. That's a very detail-minded yes, person. It's a person who's actually kind of looks at things in a way in which you kind of get annoyed by it because they're looking at it in an extreme, which might even be meaningless. Microscopic, in fact. Yes. So um, how did I run into this word? Yeah, well, I'm curious. about three uh, days before we were going to have our board meeting, uh, one of our nitpicking uh, board members uh, came up, and, and what she wanted to do is she brought to our attention several rather grammatical things that had nothing to do with changing the meaning of the of, of the sentence or the paragraph, but clearly it was an inconsistency, etc. So what she did to kind of make it sound not too bad, she says, "I got a couple of nits for you." Wow. So nits, you know, this is a word that kind of cir- it's it's circular. It starts with nits being the lice. And all of a sudden we've got now nits are these insignificant. If, if you were like trying to make sure that everything in the Chicago style manual style with respect to writing yeah. was being taken place. So a good example would be you mentioned, uh, if we said, if we use the word, uh, the, the number one rather than spelling it out. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. That's, that's, that's wrong. Yeah. Under uh, 10, you write them out. Right. And the so a lot of it has to do with capitalization. So you might be inconsistent in using uh, a a proper noun uh, needs to be capitalized. One doesn't. You might be inconsistent. But the one I the ones I ran into that were kind of interesting. It's just it was just a word inconsistent. We had a a board member that was the treasurer three years ago and somebody forgot to update uh, some small paragraph way in the about page uh, 35 or 40 in our tax return, and, and rather than continuing, rather than changing it from board from treasurer to board member, so as a result we had this inconsistency. Mm. We had a, we had two treasures. We had one on the front mm. of the document. We had one in the back of the document. Oh, and uh, although it doesn't change much in the meaning, and only a nitpicker would see it, um, and so that's how I found it. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Every, so, parent, every parent it, knows about head lice, by the way. Every parent, yeah, I think. Yeah, I asked Jeremy, or one of our one of my friends at the at, a, at the Center for Humans and Nature. He says, "Of course, I know what that is." He yeah. says, "I've yanked those things out of my little girl's hair hair a yep. lot." You got, they give you they give you some uh, detergent level uh, shampoo to use on the kid. Ooh. And that's, then you're not then you're not done though. You get all that stuff. Then you get this teeny little comb that's got really fine teeth, and you go through section at a time of your kid's head, and you take it all the way through the hair. You look at the comb; it's got lice on it. You get a little jar. You tap them into the jar. You, that's it. That's the process. Wow! Very, very, very tedious. So when they say you're a nitpicker, that's what you are. That's a deal. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I know it's exciting. I can't mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear more well, about nits in the future. So we gotta move we've we got a year topic. Of the knit? Should we have year of the knit? should we have season of the knit? No. I don't season think so. of the nits, yeah. That would I don't know. I don't think that's on the Chinese. No. No, it's not. It's not on anyone's calendar. It's completely bogus. Mm. Hey, you know what? I stayed up late last night watching a movie that has something to do with our two takes. Army of the Dead. Yeah. It could be described as a zombie heist movie. It just came out on Netflix uh, last night, actually. It did. It did. The first day it came out was yesterday. I 
did the job. I watched the entire, and it's a long movie. It's over an hour and a half, that's for sure. And, 148 but, minutes. Zombies, you know, I wasn't eager to do this topic, John. I'm not a real zombie movie fan. Neither am I. Okay, all right. So we took one for the team. But I think another thing that really got us on this deal was, you know, uh, zombie fires. Uh, zombies, I, zombies are a thing, you know. Now, do real zombies exist? I don't know about that. Uh, I'm Go not to Haiti. Asian. You'll really find out. Yeah, it's a big part of the culture there. But I'll tell you one thing, zombie fires do really exist. And if you want to know what a zombie fire is, you're going to have to listen to this segment because we'll talk about it at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been looking into it. I'm kind of excited about them. But I am also excited about Army of the Dead. And so I watched this thing cover to cover, and Dave Bautista is the star. And let me tell you something. This guy's got chops as an action movie guy, but also... As a uh, comedian, he's got incredibly good timing and delivery. Uh, I don't think he'd be a stand-up comedian, but he could be in a lot of comedy movies. He was in a movie called My Spy, and he's very funny in that that one, too. He has this kind of, when he's casual, you don't expect it, because he's a brute of a man, you know. He's built like a tank. Uh, You know, he's in Guardian of the Galaxies, plays Drax. He's really funny, really good in that. But in this movie, he has comedy moments, but mostly, you know, they, John, this plot is so, con. it's not, it's very convoluted. I wouldn't say it's extremely convoluted, but there, it takes turns you do not expect at all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a zombie heist movie. It has to, it's, the setting is Las Vegas. It's an over the edge, just like Vegas is, movie. Uh, and you think about it first in terms of the first thing that comes to mind is Ocean's Eleven. Because what yeah. they do is they have to get a cast of characters together. So yeah. what happens, how the zombies fit into this exercise, is zombies have invaded through a medical, uh, excuse me, a military accident, uh, Las Vegas, and it's gotten yeah. so bad that they've just, they've just decided to uh, cordon off the, uh, the Vegas area. You can't go in it, and they're planning to nuke it in order to get yeah. rid of them. Yeah. But uh, what happens is that Batista is the head of a, a group that's going to go in and uh, a casino owner says, look, I've already been paid off $200 million for my money that was there, but why don't I really get the money? So why don't you go in and get it and I'll give you $50 million for doing it. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the premise. premise. And the premise. Uh, it play, that's it not really what happens. Oh, yeah, we, that, those would, spoiler alert. That'd be a spoiler. Stuff. That'd be a spoiler. That'd be a spoiler. But I think I what's just, really good, good is that the, uh, it pays really interesting homage to Vegas. So you oh, see yeah. a zombie Liberace, you see, uh, zombie showgirls, you, uh, and, and you see a Vegas that is uh, apocalyptic, uh, it would be the best way of describing it is just, and so to put this all together was a pretty major project by a fellow by the name of Zach Snyder, who has done mm-hmm. Dawn, did the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and what he has done is he has he's decided I'm going to do it all. So he did the screenplay, he did the he's the producer, he's the director, and he's also the cinematographer in this movie. He does all that, and um, does a, does a pretty good job. I mean, I think I, so. I, I think it's got mixed reviews. I, it is long. I think that would, if somebody would say one thing that they might not like about it, would be it's a it's a pretty long, pretty long movie. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know if they can avoid that though, because in order for the plot to work, you have to develop certain stories. And well, that's so, what they did. They developed yeah. a lot of stories. There, you know, yeah. you could take a look at this and say, well, it's a it's a heist movie, but it's also a father daughter movie. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I I think one of the to show you one of the challenges and some of the special effects are really cool. And a lot of them are done live. A lot of them are uh, computer generated. Yeah. Uh, they pay. One of the things they do with respect to Vegas is uh, tigers. You know, the uh, Siegfried Roy act with the tigers. Well, they have a zombie tiger, tiger. in the movie. Yeah, tiger. <laughs> yeah, tiger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They they really go, they take zombies a step further because usually you think in terms of zombies as, you know, just de- they're not doing anything, they're just kind of walking along. But all of a sudden they have this new version of zombies. They have two different kinds. They got what they call alphas. Yeah. These are ones that are basically think a little bit, they're emotional. Yeah. And so this is a bigger challenge than they're the regular ones. Yeah, shufflers. the shamblers are the other shamblers, ones. Shamblers, yeah. So, uh, that's right. That makes it exciting. That makes it exciting uh, for me. I thought that was a wrinkle that I was not expecting. And once they and uh, also you can reason with them. Uh, you know, if you yeah, go in, if you go in and give them a little Scooby snack in 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 the way of uh, a human, then the, they will let you pass. They'll let you get in and get out. So uh, and you might think, wow, you got to be pretty cold to sacrifice a fellow human being. Well, this woman who's called the coyote who goes in and out all the time, she takes always takes somebody with her she's going to sacrifice, and they don't know it at the time. It's a well, <laughs> well-kept secret. And, but it's, it's always somebody terrible. Yeah. It's somebody who, who really is a blight on the uh, society around there. Right. And there's sub-stories to this thing, and I don't want to talk too much about it because we'll give it away. Is it worth seeing? I think it's one of those movies that, you know, this would go good with a snack. Uh, you know, you could do nachos. Uh, you could do, you know, food that requires attention. So <sighs> you could, there are parts of the movie where it's a good idea to nosh, take some snacks with you and, and relax and enjoy yourself and stuff like that where it slows down a little bit. But then it heats up and things are going to happen. You do have to pay attention. So I'm not going to talk about those those script uh, uh, anomalies and things that happen during it that are so cool. But it's it's interesting. I like the movie, and I think zombies are we're talking about since there are zombie fires. So you know, it's so good to I, w- I would say that the best special effect in this movie is one that you don't even know you don't know, which makes it even better. Is the fact that the my, my favorite character in the movie was a, was a helicopter pilot. Oh, Tig, Tig, yeah, Mara. Tig. Oh, uh, she's the best. If you're watching stand up, her stand up's incredible. She's really That's, good. But she was basically. Put into the movie after the movie was made. That I did not know. Because what happened was that originally it was going to be another stand-up comedian by the name of Chris D'Elia, who wow. uh, after the movie was made, he ended up uh, being uh, canceled because of a sexual misconduct accusation. And so what they had to do is they had to green screen it and put her in it. I'll tell you one thing. It's seamless. It I is. the whole movie. I could not tell. And, I don't. I don't uh, yeah. I've always liked her. She's she's incredibly good. And, uh, <laughs> her lines in this thing are stellar. They are, and her delivery is amazing. Uh, she smoked these. She smokes uh, half a Tampa Jewels. Those little 
little yeah. cigars that are made out of paper. They're real shit cigars with a little uh, uh, holder, you know, cigar holder that goes right. in your mouth so you don't get lip cancer. Oh, uh, and she's, she's she's really priceless. And she has to she has to fly this terrible helicopter, but she she's good. She's good. One other character, the German guy who cracks the safe. Dieter. Dieter yeah. is good. And what's interesting about the fact is that there's a prequel to this movie being made. And that fella who plays the German actor is well known in Germany is directing the prequel. Excellent. Excellent move. Which Excellent is going move. to be called Army of Thieves. It's it's going to be kind of how they get to that point with respect to the zombies etc so hey oh yeah 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 huge huge backstories that we don't know about watching right. this movie what's your favorite you zombie movie john your favorite of all time? uh night of the living dead uh is one I, I if you real quickly i would say that the zombie movie uh the origins of it lie in uh, a 1932 movie called white zombie which starred of all people bella lugosi as sort of like the the head uh, of the of the, the group of zombies. He wasn't a zombie himself, and then it kind of died out a bit. And then in the, in the mid '60s, a fellow by the name of George Romero uh, filmed a movie called Night of the Living Dead, which is sort of the revival. And George Romero since has done did the original Dawn of the Dead, and is kind of considered the godfather of zombie movies. Wow. And so I like Night of the Living Dead because it was it was made on a shoestring budget, probably two hundred thousand bucks in the mid sixties, filmed in Pittsburgh area, where a guy just all of a sudden said, "Look, I'm just going to take my camera, going to get some local actors and actresses together, and we're going to make it happen." And it's become a cult movie. So I would recommend it. I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it because this movie took up all my time. Plus, I watched the making. You can watch a making of this movie too. I'm sure on Netflix. Which I uh, I really enjoyed. You could see the enthusiasm that everybody had for it, and some of the the incredible uh, things they had to do in terms of the you know makeup for some of these people. Was they said, well, yeah, the first time we put the makeup on this person it took three hours. We got it down to two hours, as if it was a really significant yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. Now. Hey, if that's your craft, it's significant. Oh, yeah. people were uh, really positive. What, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good energy in this movie. Uh, it's worth watching. You know, uh, I should note that zombie movies are very popular with certain groups of people, and it's used socially. Uh, you know, what do you, you know? Teenagers will go, "What do you want to do tonight?" Oh, there's nothing to do. Oh, zombie movies, and they'll watch zombie movies all night together, and mm. you know, cut up during them and all kinds of stuff. Because yeah, they're a little predictable, but this one has several unpredictable aspects to it. I, you know, what I enjoy about zombie movies, vampire movies, werewolf movies are the rules. I enjoy the rules. They're different in every movie. You know, some vampire movies you can't go out in the sun, some you can. You know, so what? Mm. What are the rules? The rules for this were interesting because of the alphas that made like a, yeah. a, a caste system among the <laughs> zombies, which was really pretty cool. Uh, and. <laughs> One of the, the alpha wears a clo- wears a, a cloak, you know. <laughs> and during the movie, one of the guys go, "Is that a zombie wearing a cloak?" You know. <laughs> they had several good moments like that. My favorite zombie movie is World War Z, uh, and the, the, because the rules are unknown, it's the unknown is what makes a World War Z so interesting. Brad Pitt does a great job in it, but what you you know, no one ever asks, you know. What drives the zombies? What is their purpose? What is their mission? What is the unseen thing among the zombies that might help you overcome them? 
And if you haven't seen World War Z, you want to watch it. It's it's another. It's not a short movie, but it is jam packed. And the the uh, production sites and and the filming uh, sets and everything are unbelievable. And the CGI is pretty seamless. So I recommend that one too. Such a deal. So, one more thing. Zombie What's fires. That? Zombie fires. Oh dear, I forgot about that. I I was hoping you would too, but you didn't go ahead. All right, let's say you're in Alaska <laughs> and you're in a forested area and something happens where a fire starts and they're trying like hell to put the fire out, but the forests are raging. Luckily enough, you know, two feet of snow falls and the, the fire is out. Or is it? No, it's not. It goes underground. Mm. It burns away at the peat, the levels of peat and rotting vegetation that have accumulated over a 100 years on the forest floor and it continues to burn all winter long, but you can't see it. That's right. Mm. And when spring comes and the snow melts, the fire starts again. So it is p- truly a zombie fire. They discovered them through thermal imaging. Wow. From the air. So where do these zombie fires take place? Any place where uh, they have forestation and really incredibly... Uh, heavy snowfall all at once. Mm. You have to have those two things. And then you can have zombie fire, so be on the lookout. Okay. You have a groaner? You have two groaners for us? I have got two groaners. Their groaners are, our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauter Jr., commonly referred to as the Duck coach. coach. St. Anthony. Mm. So, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first one. What is the best place to buy a used chess set? Best place to buy a used, to buy chess, a set? used chess set? Pawnee, Illinois? You're a pawn shop. You got it. I, I'm going to give you 80% at least. Wow. That was a simple one. I should have gotten that one. Yeah, it's uh, and yeah. I and I teed it up a little bit because I, I put used in it. it that wasn't yeah. the original. Okay. Why do women have a hard time working for the postal service? Why, Why do women, have, women have a hard time working for the postal service? I'm afraid to answer that one because it's male dominated. Another obvious one. Duh. Oh, that, those are good, John. Those are good. Those yeah, are classics. I'd say they're classics. Yeah, but they are. They are. You know why? Because I picked these out. These are from old, from my inventory. These are ones that I were, they were in the vault. They were in the, in the Groner vault, and I had to pull them out. They're classics. They're like Night of the Living Dead. You know that. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Okay. Good job. Good job. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. 